Welcome to another edition of Give Innovation, the restaurant guest experience podcast where I talk to industry experts to get their strategies and tactics you can use to create a five-star guest experience. This podcast is sponsored by Ovation, a two-question SMS-based real-time guest feedback platform that helps restaurants measure and improve their guest experience. Learn more at ovationup.com. And today, this podcast, folks, is three years in the making. I have been following uh, our guest today for, like I said, over three years. His posts are just so consistently awesome. And then finally, I got a chance to hear him speak live uh, at Prosper. He gave a, a great Great session there. And afterwards, I'm like, Dan, we got to get you on the podcast, man. So um, really glad to have Dan Simons, the founder and co-owner of Farmer's Restaurant Group based in D.C. He's an incredible thought leader and public speaker on topics such as mental health in the workplace, time management, and developing individuals. He's also a pickleball enthusiast. So uh, next time you're coming out to Utah, next time I'm in D.C., we'll have to get on the pickleball courts and uh, I don't know. Are you rated? Uh, you know what? I am hooked on pickleball. I stay away from the ratings talk, but I would be happy to get out there on the court. Let's see how we do. <laughs> My the only thing, Dan, I like to do. Uh, so there's two things I like in pickleball. One is winning, and the only thing I like more than winning in pickleball is losing. Because if I'm losing in pickleball, that means I've I got to be getting better because I'm playing people better than me. <laughs> yeah, and so, you know, talking smack and competing, and you know, making sure you're uh, stinging people with the ball every now and then. It's yeah, fun. There you go. I like that. I know that's what I liked about racquetball. Racquetball a lot before COVID, I was a big racquetballer. And if you know someone was trash talking or someone was up a couple points, you just give them a little pelt in the back, and <laughs> yeah, there you go. It works. <laughs> so also, if you dig the dig around the internet enough. You will also learn another fact about Dan that not only does he like pickleball, but that his pinky toe curls a little bit more under his foot, just like his grandmother's. So the things that you learn about people on the internet are, are quite interesting. <laughs> very true. Very true. We all yeah. have a list. We all have a list. I know. Honestly, uh, if you're not familiar with Dan Simons, check him out and and go check out. He's got some YouTube videos out where he's doing um, different speaking engagements that are online and just... Great, great topics. Uh, so after you listen to this and you're going to love listening to this podcast, go check that out. So um, first of all, Dan, thanks for coming on the podcast. Excited to chat with you. And let's let's dive in. Let's start off with probably the, the deepest of the topics here. Let's talk about mental health. How do you balance the you got to do hard things when you're here at this job versus mental health? As a leader, how do you strike that balance with your people? For me, those are two entirely separate topics. Um, mm -hmm. I come at mental health from a very simple place, which is we need humans to do the work, right? Like it's about as obvious as it gets. We need humans to do the work. Yeah, sure, there's AI, there's computers, there's robots, but for the moment, let's just keep it simple. We need humans to do the work. We want humans to be maximally productive. So whether you're a you know greedy, solely focused on profit capitalist, or you are like a bleeding heart, you know, liberal. I'm not sure those two represent opposite ends of a spectrum, but you know what I mean. <laughs> uh -huh. Wherever you, whatever your motive is, you need the people to do the work. 
So if something is holding the people back from being optimally productive, of course, as a business leader, you'd work on it. If your software has a glitch, you send the debuggers after it, right? Yeah. Like, let's get in there and find out what's slowing it down. If you're not pulling your data down from the cloud at an optimized rate, you get the programmers to solve the glitch. And so I want the humans, including myself, to perform at an optimal level. So why wouldn't I try to figure out what the glitch is? And then why would I complain about the glitch? Mm. And if you're running a software company and you're complaining about the bugs in your code, you're a moron. You should be fixing the code, yeah. right? Yeah. You can never say, let's write code without bugs. Doesn't happen. Yeah. Just doesn't happen. Too many variables, right? So you yep. learn about the glitches once you put the code into a practical situation. So when the humans have glitches, call it what you want. Depression, anxiety, OCD, social awkwardness, low, you know, low self-esteem. They don't, for me, the mental health label isn't the issue. It's just the human operating system. Mm. So telling people, hey, stop complaining, you know, there's hard work to be done, misses the point that. Yeah, there's hard work to be done. And I think it's a privilege to be able to come back to work tomorrow and do more hard work. So I do think people need to do the work and you're lucky to have a job. I'm lucky to have a job. So when someone says talking about mental health is soft or like all people do is sort of complain and they want it, I just think they're missing the whole point of don't you want to optimize the humans? And I try to use this language in a clinical way to make it not about who's soft and who's tough. You know, we've got pro athletes that end their career because of their anxiety, right? You have guys that can qualify as Navy SEALs, but they can't get past their depression. Mm. This isn't about who's tough and who's not. This is about do you have the tools and the resources and the support to work through, understand your glitches? Maybe you solve your glitches. Maybe you just get better at being you with the glitch. So it's a feature. It's not a bug, right? That's right. There you go. I'm good with that. <laughs> yeah, I think that makes that makes so much sense. How do you recommend? Let's say you know I'm running a 30 location restaurant chain. How do I start to talk about mental health with my team in a way that encourages them to speak up, but also doesn't uh, you know doesn't make me feel like I'm excusing poor performance? I laid out a, a pretty detailed, what I call, you know, a playbook for mental health in the workplace. So there's a whole bunch of tactics and steps to it. The first one, though, and I think the simplest answer to your question as a leader, start to tell your own story. I'm not sure there's a person out there that hasn't had some of their own personal or emotional struggle or that doesn't know someone they care about that has had that struggle, right? So, yeah. I don't know. You ever had your heart broken? Yeah. You know, you ever been nervous walking into a room where you weren't sure who was going to be there? You ever been nervous before a pitch? Mm -hmm. You ever have such nervousness that you don't perform as well as you could have? And then you reflect on it and you kind of beat yourself up? No, All yeah. of that right. fits to me somewhere in the, the mental health spectrum. And so I think any leader 
can just start to talk about how they feel and how their feelings affect their own performance. Yeah. So I think you normalize it. You know, you think LeBron never tells his teammates that he had a rough day, right? Yeah, right. You think Kobe never told anybody about when he was down and had some struggles and the steps he took to get through it? Like to think that the most elite out there, right? Venus, Serena, Kobe, you know, Jocko, take a Navy SEAL, take an elite athlete, take any elite performer. And when you talk to them, right, Tom Brady, you know, you'd think getting divorced wasn't hard for Tom Brady. Of course it was hard for Tom Brady, right? You'd think that a distraction being a parent when one of your kids is sick doesn't maybe interfere with your ability to perform. Of course it does. So why don't you just tell the truth as a leader, acknowledge some struggle that you or someone you care about had. You will have 100% agreement whether out loud or kept internal to your audience. Everyone's human. It is the ultimate common ground between leaders and those we're leading. Is this the reality of the human brain? So I think step one, just talk about it. It doesn't have to be a huge deal. Destigmatize it. Talk about a normal struggle. Put it out there. I think you'll end up with more loyalty and better performance. Because when you we can, when you can humanize yourself, right? That's, you know, that's where you get the connection. That's where you realize that everyone, uh, to your point at the beginning, everyone has their list of the weird quirks, the weird things about them, the struggles they've been through, the challenges that they're currently facing. You know, it's like every single person, uh, there's a quote I, I heard where if you treat everyone like they're going through a really hard time, you'll be right most of the time. And and I think that includes ourselves. Like we need to remember that invincibility is not a power, you know, and because it's it's not possible. Right. And it's, that's not a real thing. It's a fallacy. And so when we pretend like we're invincible, all that does is continue the stigma of this mental health. And and in my mind, as I think about mental health a lot, and uh I look at, you know, my question is, is there more mental health issues today, or are we just a, an emotionally healthier society where it's okay to talk about it, right? Whereas before you bottle it up and you just press forward. Now it's like, no, let's talk about it. Let's talk about what PTSD means. Let's talk about how you know things have affected you. And maybe Dan, you and I could go through the same exact experience. For me, it may create a really tough experience. And that may be one of my like hard things. And for you, it may be like a Wednesday afternoon. You're like, all right, great. We're, we're doing it. Right. And I think that's okay that different people have different uh, perceptions of the same experience, but understanding that I think is a, is a beautiful thing that something that we need to embrace. And to your point, start with sharing what's going on in your life. I think it's yeah. a great idea. You know, there's just no downside to creating a higher level of awareness as a leader, right? And so who would argue against that, right? Like, great, put someone on your show and let's have a debate that less awareness is better than more awareness, 
Mm. I'll take the more awareness side, please. (laughs) And so once you're aware of these things about yourself and about your team, you can lead more effectively. doesn't mean you have to spend all your time on it, but for sure, let's dispel this notion that glitches in the system represent some flaw. The toughest among us are elite special forces, you know, Marines, pick who you want, right? People come back from service and some of them after traumatic brain injuries and traumatic experiences have PTSD and some don't. The ones who don't aren't tougher. They just have a different operating system in the brain, right? And so the right process and support and resources And you can get people to get through the challenge, understand it, and create tremendous value for themselves and their community. So more more awareness, more talking about it, less stigma, more value, more productivity. In fact, that's why I always go back to more value and more productivity. I'm a business guy, right? I own a company Mm. with $100 million in revenue this year. got 1,400 employees. So I'm not in a nonprofit. I'm not just an advocate. I'm actually, I'm a restaurant manager, right? Like that is what I do. We built a team, we've got our restaurants. And so I come at this from an operator's perspective of team building, profit creation, staying in business. And I've got the math and the data and the P&L and the track record to prove that a higher level of awareness on these topics leads to greater value creation and to a more resilient company. So let's talk about that because uh, in, in the final minutes here, what I'd love to do is understand, does, does the ability to get uh, to, how does improving the employee experience improve the guest experience? This is so clear to me that the guests, the one thing that all my guests, and in our restaurants this week, we'll probably serve 60,000 diners, open seven days a week, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, The one thing that they all have in common, they're all human. Mm. Okay. Super obvious point. So therefore, they are all experiencing their own life somehow in a super wide range, but they're all human. So my point is, you want to make the guests happy? I just try to see them, love them, look them in the eye. That's what hospitality is. Like, I love you. I'm glad you're here. You could be as angry or dysfunctional or you can't look me in the eye. I don't know. Maybe you got Asperger's. Maybe you're depressed. Maybe you're just a generalized asshole. I don't know. But for our guests, what we teach and what we try to do, we will look you in the eye. We will see you and we will love you. But you can only give love if you can receive the love, right? You can only give a legit hug if you're in a really good place to give the hug, receive the hug. So my partner and I, our belief is, you know, let's take care of our people so they feel 
loved and support and yes, trained and yes, held accountable. And yes, all of those things that it's a workplace. Um, and so they can care for the guest when they come through the front doors. For me, it's that simple. And it it starts and ends with that. I love that, Dan. And from, you know, interviewing over 250 hospitality experts on this podcast, I've come up with a definition of hospitality, which is proving to the guest that you care about them. And I think that it starts, though, to your point, proving to your employees that you care about them. And if they, if you care about them and they care about you, then they're going to care about the guest because you care about the guest. And I think that's uh, that's beautiful. We we could say, man, Dan, we could have like 15 podcasts here. I mean, this is just like, I feel like we're scratching the surface. Um, where can people go to learn more about you and get some of your, uh, get some of your thought leadership and also learn about Farmer's Restaurant Group? So my restaurants are easiest to find at foundingfarmers.com, also at farmersrestaurantgroup.com. And my stuff is at dansimonsays.com, dansimonsays.com. And on social media at, you know, LinkedIn, whatever the social channels are, at Dan Simon Says. Awesome. Well, for giving us the go-ahead to try new things because Dan Simon Says, today's ovation goes to you. Thank you so much for joining us on Give an Ovation, Dan. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us today. If you like this episode, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite place to listen. We're all about feedback here. Again, this episode was sponsored by Ovation, a two-question SMS-based actionable guest feedback platform built for multi-unit restaurants. If you'd like to learn how we can help you measure and create a better guest experience, visit us at OvationUp.com.